we don't think our way or even perhaps podcast our way <laughs> into into a deeper friendship with Jesus nor are we on on the one hand nor on the other hand as you were saying are we in control of this um of the, of this of this adventure with Christ um i think for me there is something that is um far more active i i i interact my way into mm. a into a deeper following of christ wow. and in that interaction as i interact with christ he takes me on the journey and i need to keep in step with him as he leads me on this journey and i really am not in control of that journey or how he is going to lead me or where he is going to lead me or what he wants me to pay attention to in my life welcome to the follow up podcast a place for conversations and ideas on how we follow Jesus to the depths of his heart and the ends of the earth. Follow as a community of learning and practice in the way of Jesus. And you can find out more about resources, events, and how to get involved by visiting www.wearefollower.com or finding us on your social media platform of choice. We hope you enjoyed this episode with your host, Matthew Lewis. Welcome back to the Follower Podcast, everybody. We are in this new series, We Are Follower. And in this series, we're talking about what Follower is as a community of learning and practice in the way of Jesus. And hopefully in such a way that not only gives you information about the community, but also helps you in your walk with Jesus and just lean into deeper friendship with God. Um, this is a two-part episode as we look at what learning and practice is. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first episode where I, I shared a few thoughts around the yoke of Jesus, I would just encourage you to go listen to that. But I, I felt like this was a really important idea. And so I didn't just want to share my thoughts, but I wanted to bring in a friend of the podcast, uh, Trevor Hudson. He's been with us on the Follower Podcast a number of times. And really, in my experience, as someone who is a leading thinker around practice and, and learning in the way of Jesus, uh, not only in terms of his teaching and his writing, but his person and the gift that he's been to me personally. So Trevor, welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you again. And Matt, it's really, it's the, it's a delight to be with you. Thanks so much for the invitation. And uh, it's uh, even though I can't see faces, I, I want to just greet each listener very warmly. Thanks, Trevor. And uh, we're not going to introduce you all over again, but just um, how how are you? How's 2023 treating you? What have you come out of, and, and how do you find yourself at the moment? Uh, uh, thank you, Matt, for that question. I, 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 it's a big question, but in uh, some of the headlines of the last few months for me, I've been spending time with my uh, two children, one in Sydney, one in Auckland. Um, so my father heart is really full. And I was able to be with my grandkids as well. They're three and a half years old. Of, of age i haven't seen him for over three years so you can imagine that now i also have a grandfather heart and that <laughs> and that heart and that heart is full as well and you know on the ground here you know just working away within you know the different communities of learning and practice that i'm involved in um, in different spaces right 
Right, right. Oh, well, good. I'm so glad that your father and grandfather heart are full and happy. That's good to hear. <laughs> um, overflowing. Overflowing. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Trevor, we wanted to just jump into this idea. So learning and practice in the way of Jesus, it's not a new idea for you. Uh, you write on this extensively and lecture and teach on this in different parts of the world. Let's just start maybe with that phrase. When you when you hear the idea of learning and practice, what are some of the first things that come to mind as important to note when we're talking about this idea? I think for me the most important thing, Matt, would be that our learning and our practice is, is being centered in the person of Jesus. I think we can have learning and practice apart from the person of Jesus. So I would want to start as a basic starting line that we are learning from Jesus um, how to best live our own lives yoked together with him. And that learning process is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a bit of practice. So for me, learning and practice is involved very simply in following Jesus every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I love that two elements, this idea of learning, particularly learning from the life of Jesus and then practice in that this is going to take us some time to, uh, to get like a little bit close to this man, Jesus. Um, you've said in some of our conversations, and I know, you know, you were influenced a lot by Dallas Willard's writings and, I've been reading some of that and just people in the stream of formation talking about this idea of like one of the things that we need to expect is that we can actually make progress in our walk with the Lord and that we can enter into a kind of maturity in Christ on this side of eternity through this idea of learning and practice. Would you agree with that? And just some thoughts around that as people listen in. I do see. I, I, I certainly agree with that. I, um, you know that, and I think there's so many images here that come come to mind from scripture. You know of kind of not you know kind of growing up and eating solid food, and um, so I do I do definitely agree with the idea of of uh, if you want to use the word progress or deepening uh, or going further. Uh, I think you know if we keep this in relational terms. Um, if you think of any human relationship, the, the, a human relationship has a, it, a human relationship has a journey. And if it's a, a healthy journey, that relate that human relationship is um, exploring new spaces, it's growing deeper in intimacy, uh, it's getting to know each other at new levels. And I, I would want to simply say that it is very similar in our relationship with Jesus as well, that, um, that as we learn from him in, in, our, in our friendship with him, that our friendship, and this is, it's relational, our learning is relational, that we're going to go into new spaces with Jesus, that um, our own uh, perhaps intimacy of friendship with him will grow and deepen, um, that uh, our own sense of how he is inviting us and calling us to live our lives may become a little clearer. So I certainly go with the idea of progress, and I would want to couch it uh, particularly in terms of relationship and friendship. 
Mm, mm, mm. Uh, why is that so important? What would the dangers be if we didn't hold that idea of relationship and friendship sort of as a because container or a lens? Is, right. Because I think so often, and I see it happening all over the place, I think it's possible to separate uh, pr uh, practices and the learning. We can almost separate it from the from the person of Christ and from our friendship with him. So for me, that is central. So my learning and my practicing happens within the context of the friendship. On the one hand, I'm I am learning to get to know him and to love him and to follow him. And on the other hand, I'm practicing every day what it means to live in friendship with him. So mm. I just think it's possible and it does happen. And one can notice this quite quickly, how we can, we can take a practice that is maybe quite an important practice um, and we can separate it from friendship with Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. And I think that is, I think that is unhelpful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I just think of my own little journey with this. You, you said something to me when I first started sort of entering into the world of formation. You said there's a big difference about learning about the practices or reading about the practices and practicing the practices. <laughs> and uh, I think what I, what I realized about myself is when I entered into formation or formational spirituality, learning and practice, I didn't realize it, but I had interpreted the practices as a means of control, as a means of sort of um, taking hold sure. of my faith and shaping it my way. But as right. I entered into it, I actually started to realize it was more a means of surrender than it was a means of right. control. Does that right. resonate with your experience? It uh, resonates deeply, Matt. And um, and and I just I really do want to just affirm so deeply your words that I and maybe if I can maybe just build on them a little bit, um, uh, uh, you know that that. We, do, we don't think our way or even perhaps podcast our way <laughs> into, into a deeper friendship with Jesus, nor are we on, on the one hand, nor on the other hand, as you were saying, are we in control of this, um, of, of this, of this adventure with Christ. Um, I think for me, there is something that is um, far more active. I, I, I interact my way into, mm. a, into a deeper following of Christ. Wow. And in that interaction, as I interact with Christ, he takes me on the journey and I need to keep in step with him as he leads me on this journey, and I really am not in control of that journey, or how he is going to lead me, or where he's going to lead me, or what he wants me to pay attention to in my life. So there's a sense in which 
there's a sense in which um, I'm always in the position of of responding to him as opposed to calling the shots. Wow. Right. Right. That's such a beautiful, I love that phrase of I interact my way into a new way of being. That's awesome. What a beautiful picture. Um, I found that that's quite scary. <laughs> if, I, right. if I'm honest, I've found sure. that that surrender and trusting God at deeper and deeper levels is actually quite an intimidating thing when I take it seriously. Right. Um, right. I wonder if you have experienced that in any lessons that you've learned in that area around this idea of f- surrendering increasingly into this interaction. Right. right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I th- I, again, I think I can only freely surrender when I know that the one to whom I'm surrendering is for me and wants the best for me. Mm. I, I don't think we can surrender through gritted teeth. Wow. So I can't I can't say to another follower of Christ, you must surrender yourself to Christ. I can't say that because I don't think surrender is primarily an act of, as it were, willpower. Mm. For me, there is a sense in which when I am um when when the love of Christ moves more deeply into my own life and when my understanding of who God is, that God loves me passionately and fiercely and deeply, there is a sense in which it evokes surrender from me. It, you know, it evokes my yes. And I say, yes, Lord. And it's a response to being loved. And I think I think our surrender journey deepens to the degree that we come to know more deeply that we are profoundly and fiercely loved by God in Jesus Christ. Mm. And as that love kind of penetrates our being, and and I know, like Paul says, that I know there's nothing that can separate me from this. It's somehow, it, it helps me into, it helps me to trust. And it helps me to surrender. I don't think trust or surrender can be manufactured. Mm. I think I think it is it is brought forth in our life by the experience of knowing that we are loved and we can trust the one who's loving us. Mm. It makes me think uh, very much of Revelation, uh, where. Uh-huh where John has this vision of Jesus and he turns around and he sees Jesus with the, you know, the hair like wool and the eyes like fire and the sword. Right. And then his response to encounter is to fall down dead at the feet of Jesus, you know, and, and the, the falling down dead doesn't proceed or doesn't happen except for the, the encounter with Jesus, the revelation of him. Um, I wonder if, you would agree with this. I'm just playing with this idea right now. Do you think that practice, learning and practice the way of Jesus is a way or a means to getting face to face with him so that we can right. see him? Uh, right. Thoughts right. around okay. that? Okay. And uh, I'll, 
I'll do my best with this, Matt. I think that um, that if 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 we're going to use, let's say, the phrase uh, intimate friendship, if we're going to use that uh, uh, concept of intimacy, for me, intimacy happens as two people, and I'm speaking now, let's just start on, on a human level, two people reveal themselves to each other. There's a revelation that goes on. There's a kind of mutual revelation that goes on. And I'm picking up here on your word revelation here mm -hmm. and your reference to two revelations. So for me, what is critical in my interaction with Jesus is a dimension of mutual revelation. Wow. So so I find it very, very important to my own interaction with Jesus very and a very kind of basic practice for me to use that word is sharing my heart with Jesus and telling Jesus and sharing with him what is going on in my life. I disclose myself to him and I, I disclose myself to him not to give him information that he doesn't have. He 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 knows me. I am I reveal myself to him to give him a chance to reveal his love and grace and mercy in my own life a little bit more deeply. Mm. So it's in that interaction, that in that practicing of that interactive relationship with the living Christ that that helps me to reveal myself to him it gives him an opportunity to reveal himself to me and so in a in the biblical sense i come to know him and as i come to know christ i come to love him i can't love what i don't know right and and as i love him i want to follow him yes and this and this isn't a kind of gritted teeth you know kind of manufactured experience it is something that's happening organically in my ongoing interaction with the living christ in prayer and scripture mm, 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 mm. beautiful Be i love that idea of mutual revelation uh that's a beautiful thought one one of the pictures that i've used in the series talking about some of the sort of motivating ideas behind follower is that parable of the man who finds the treasure in the field Oh. Uh, and then in his joy goes and sells everything he has and sure. i think that's such an important idea is that he's not it's like you say he's not selling everything he has through gritted teeth sure. it's, it's the revelation of the treasure that produces this liberating joy in him sure absolutely sure yeah. absolutely And uh, Trevor, I wonder sometimes when I meet people and we talk about practices and I'd love to get really practical in just a second. Um, but one more thought yeah. I wanted to sort of tease out is that sometimes when we talk to people about the practices of Jesus or uh, disciplines or whatever language you would want to put around that, there can be a reluctance or like um, 
yeah, just a resistance to that idea of sort of effort and applying myself to these things. Um, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that idea, just to help some of the people who are maybe stuck and going, this sounds compelling and interesting, but I'm not sure how I feel about me applying myself to do the things that Jesus did. What, what, what would you say to those people? Well, I, I think my first word is I understand. <laughs> you know, I think for many of us, the word discipline has a checkered history, uh, you know, in our own um, in our own histories. So I think I think sometimes that word self-discipline can um, even though it's you know it has strong a strong relationship to being a disciple involves discipline. Uh, I, I hear that, but I also want to honor the resistance that many people have towards the word a discipline. Um, I think the word practice can really, really be helpful. Um, you know that, and I think when I sense a reluctance to enter into kind of um, uh, kind of practicing our interaction with Christ, um, what I find quite help, what I find helpful is maybe to say to someone who's who's battling with this a little bit, you know, let's look, just let's look, let's together look at Jesus's life. Um, can you? What do you see in his life that kept his relationship um, with the Father alive? What and what what do we see in the Gospels? that Jesus did, that gave him energy and sustenance and sustained him for ministry, that kept him going with uh, joy and et cetera. And so sometimes we just brainstorm things. And, and, you know, we can come up with a lovely list of things that Jesus did when he wasn't ministering. Mm. Uh, there were things that he practiced. You know, he went to a lot of parties and <laughs> celebrations. Now, that's a, you know, that's a wonderful, wonderful practice. You know, if if Jesus needed celebrative moments in his life, you know, the first thing he does in John's gospel, if you read John chapter 2, when he, he calls the disciples in John chapter 1, and the first place he takes them to in John chapter 2 is not to a prayer meeting, but to a wedding. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I find that really interesting. So what I'm just trying to say that he practiced celebration. Right. So... How can we in, begin to enjoy our life with Christ? What are some of the things that will help us to do that? Now, I find that quite compelling, I must confess. Mm. Um, and then we can look at one or two of the other practices. You know, he spends some time on his own to nurture his friendship with the Father. How do we do that? What does it look like in our life? And then not to as it were, load ourselves with a whole lot of practices, but to, and I think practices need to be um, individually designed for each follower of Christ. And this is where we help each other. What do you need? What do I need? Um, and, and somehow to help each other to find those practices, not that are going to suck the life out of us. That's not the purpose of the practice. Mm. The purpose of the practice, I always say, you know, I always say to people, let's finish the sentence. Uh, you know, 
a, a practice makes and everyone says makes perfect and i say no practice makes possible you know that as that as we practice the possibilities of a real life with christ are realized within us and wow. people you know people discover that for themselves i'm not as it were telling them about it or trying to talk I'm not trying to talk them into it, but I'm saying to them, why don't you maybe for the next month, let's experiment with this particular practice of interaction. Why don't you take five minutes each day to share with Jesus what's going on in your heart? Just five minutes and then maybe be quiet for two minutes afterwards. And then we'll chat after a month and see what's happened. Mm -hmm. Now, Immediately, we're, we're plunged into the world of interaction. Something is going to happen. I can assure you something's going to happen. Mm. And, we, and we're going to have a lot to talk about. And so what I'm saying is, I think inviting people into practice, um, I, think, I think once we've dealt with some of the baggage we have around the word discipline, I think it, I think it becomes uh, more possible to draw people and I think deep down, you know, people want to, people who have a, a longing for God, they want practically, they want a faith that is practical, that's that's going to affect just everyday life. Right. I think the hunger and the longing is there, and I need to go with that longing and then just let that longing begin to find expression in simple simple little practices through which God is going to reveal God's self to us deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've beautiful. spoken too long. I'm sorry. No, it's gold, Trevor. It's so, so good. Um, one of the things that stands out to me as you kind of bubble over in your passions is that one of the things I've always noticed about you is you have a deep, deep conviction that on the other side of the practices is a person <laughs> and, right. and not just a program or a list of right. things, but it actually, you, you use that phrase often that let the creator deal with the creature, you know? Sure. And I think that is, that just comes through in what you're saying is that this is not unto, I was thinking even about, you know, in that Matthew passage with the yoke and uh, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you just before that, he's talking about how he is the way to the father and then he says, right. so right. then, so right. then come to me, you know, right. and right. Uh, that just stands out to me in, in so much of what you're communicating is that the goal of the practices, the goal of, of entering into this way of Jesus is not a program, but a person. It's like Christ is there on the other side, you know. Right. And going back to that beautiful text of yours, and I think this adds to the comp, this adds to it becoming compelling, Matt is there are two, uh, there's both an invitation there and there's a promise. And in the middle, there is the practice. You know, mm -hmm. the invitation is come to me. So there's a, this, this, you know, the gospel is always invitational. You know, come to me, you, I want to be with you. And the sense that Christ wants to be with me astounds me and astonishes me today. <laughs> 55, that, you know, he actually says to me, come to me. I, and that astonishes me. He mm. actually wants me to be with him, and he wants to be with me. And then that beautiful last little bit, you know, in verse 30, so that you can, or to use the, um, 
Eugene Peterson, you know, paraphrase, and you will learn to live lightly and freely. Mm. You know, that again, that offers a, a, a vision. You know, I, you know, we, that we are living within a context. A prof, a, well, I'm talking now about our own context here in South Africa of being deeply burdened by heavy loads, right. heavy, and we and we can name those loads, and they are personal loads, um, relational loads, social loads, uh, right across the board. And so the, com, you know, the compelling vision. For, for me and for you to discover a life of lightness and freedom with the person of Christ within this context, I find it gets me up in the morning yeah. and I know I'm not, it's not all going to drop on my head. I need now to learn to live in the yoke with Jesus and that's going to mean some practicing. So let's um, kind of move to be a bit more practical here. I mean, you have uh, already alluded to this, but so someone's listening to this, they are, they're hearing what we're saying and they, they're saying, okay, this, this life like Jesus, this seems compelling. Uh, yeah. Where, where do they start? You know, cause this can be a, a far jump for a lot of people. Where, where do they begin? Sure. How do they enter in? Okay. Great. Uh, great, great question. And one that I'm a little bit scared of responding to in a generalized sense, because as I was saying earlier, there is a sense in which I really do believe Christ deals with us as individuals within community and that and what may be helpful and appropriate for me may not be helpful and appropriate for someone else. So that's just a little bit of a kind of a disclaimer. I'm, I'm a, I, I, you know, that disciple, uh, uh, followers of Christ are kind of, uh, how do I put this? They are kind of handcrafted, uh, and they're, they are, each disciple is one of a kind, and and they're no kind of dittos, and you know, so mm, I love that. just making making that very clear when I offer something that's quite general, right. Um, and I think if I were to say to someone, if I, if you, you're asking me for a general practice for someone listening, and I would, I would say, okay, Christ wants to share your day with you. Can I make a few suggestions to you? Can I suggest that when you open the curtains in the morning, you say thank you to Christ for the gift of a new day, mm. and you ask him to be with you? It'll take you 30 seconds, but do that when you open the curtains. Do it every morning for 30 days. When you have your first cup of coffee, say to Christ that you are really grateful for this cup of coffee and just ask him if you could stay grateful through the day. And then maybe have some reminder, put a Put um, change the ring on your finger or put a cross in your pocket or put a screensaver. Just put some reminder 
of Christ's presence with you. So uh, a young guy, a young advocate, 30 years old, in his office at the magistrate's court down in Johannesburg, he has an empty chair in his office. And that's just a little reminder for him that Christ is with him uh, through the day as he works with each client. So have some tangible reminder of Christ and let that just and whenever it reminds you of Christ, just have a brief word with Christ in terms of asking for help, saying, uh, and then maybe at the end of the day, uh, uh, look back and see what went well and see what went badly and talk about your day with Christ. So for, for a month, just practice the presence of Christ with you in your everyday daily life and just see what happens. And then we can talk about what happened and what didn't happen together. So find someone that you can do this with and then perhaps talk about what that kind of interaction has what it has how it has opened you up to the gracious activity of the spirit in your life mm. thank you for that trevor um I, th I think what i really appreciate about that i was actually just having a conversation with a friend who listens to the podcast often and they were saying you know this is all very exciting but they found it a bit intimidating and difficult because of just the constraints of their life Sure. And um, what I love about what you're talking about is how uh, it, it reminds me of that phrase of like every common bush is ablaze with the sure. glory of God. It's it's sure. like recognizing the Christ that is already saturating all the miraculous mundane moments of my day. Sure. Um, sure. And I just really appreciate about that. That kind of there's like a liturgy of the ordinary there, you know. Sure. Yeah, I remember when I first became a Christ follower, I was I'd never been to church in my life before, but and then at 16 or 17, and then I was urged, uh, especially as a young adult, to you know to take Christ to work. And I thought, you know, Lord, aren't you already at work? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have to kind of take you there. Yes. You are there and you want to meet me there and you want to meet me in every person I meet, as you say, every burn, every bush is ablaze. Uh, you want to meet me in, you know, in the litany of the ordinary and the ordinary encounter, the ordinary job. You want to meet me there. So I, I you know, so I just want to say, Matt, yes, I'm with you all the way on that. And then I also just want to respond to your friend who said, you know, who feels that he, I think you said he feels that this talk just, you know, he, there's a lot of constraints in his life that it just feels just a little bit beyond him and i would i would want to just say to him that would be a wonderful conversation to have with christ mm. as a kick, as a kickoff point to mm. actually begin to talk with christ and, and share with him remember self mutual self revelation so for him just to share his heart with christ and just to tell tell christ how hard it is for him for him to actually think of maybe building in a practice into his life that he feels he needs. And I have little doubt that Christ will meet him gracefully mm. in that conversation. Mm. Brilliant. So, so good. 
Oh, thank you, Trevor, for that conversation. I I wonder if as we close, is there anything that's sort of lingering in you? If again, we imagine this audience, we've got different people from all over the world, we're different cultures, different life stages. We're talking about this idea of learning and practice. Is there something you would want to make sure that's said before we end this conversation around this idea? Yeah, I think I would like to say two things very, very simply. And the one is that um, Jesus, who died for us, is now risen and ascended. And as Paul says in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, I think it's verse 10, his presence fills the universe. So wherever we are in the world, Christ is present to us. Mm. And he is present to us where we are. So that's the first thing I would want to say. And we can turn to him right now and talk to him mm. and and open ourselves up to him where we are. And the other is that in all our talking about practice and learning, if we can ban the word trying, mm. um, that if every time I'm, t t I wouldn't want anyone to say after this podcast, Trevor, uh, Matt, I'm really going to try do now what Trevor said. Mm. Uh, I, trying is not a helpful word. I think it might be much better to use the word learn whenever I'm tempted to use the word try. Rather mm -hmm. use the word learn or practice mm -hmm. uh, instead of try and then ban the word try from our <laughs> from from our faith dictionary. You, know, so, so you get a red often. card, a red card every time you say try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to you know, just let it be an invitation to use the word, you know, so you know, sometimes at the end of a sermon, people say, you know, Trevor, I really try this. You know, that just sounds so heavy. It doesn't sound light and free. But right. if I'm going to learn something or practice something, it's that's the way to lightness and freedom. Mm, mm, mm. I think this uh, kind of speaks to Dallas Willard wrote that uh, the spirit of the disciplines. He was oh, talking absolutely. not only about the fact that we do them, but how we do them that really matters, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. deeply. Trevor, thank you so much. As always, uh, so grateful for your time and your words and your thoughts. You're so generous uh, with what God has shared with you over a lifetime. Um, I know you just brought out a book recently. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, thank you for asking. I'll, I'll, is, I'll, I'll give you a cut on the royalty if I can sell another one. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a book called Seeking God, and that's a little bit of a play on words because we are called to seek God throughout our lives, but God is also the seeking God, and mm -hmm. God seeks us, and God's seeking precedes our seeking. So the book yeah. is called Seeking God, and the strap line is Finding Another Kind of Life, and I've got two other voices in the book besides my own. The one is a 15th century guy called Ignatius, mm. a great um, Christ follower within the Catholic tra uh, tradition, and the other one, uh, Dallas Willard, um, Finding Another Kind of Life with Ignatius of Loyola and Dallas Willard. And he's a Protestant, as you know, a Southern Baptist. And uh, so how these two voices from different centuries mm. draw us into a life of seeking the God who 
who seeks us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I have read that book, guys, and I would just highly encourage you to read it in in Trevor's sort of classic, gentle, narrative way. He uh, gives us a signpost into a lot of what we've been talking about today. How do we learn and practice this way of Jesus through the stories, really, of of his interaction with these two individuals? So highly recommend that. And where can they get that, Trevor? Well, the people who... At, uh, at any bookshop in South Africa. It's just come out in South Africa last week, published locally. Um, Loot seemed to do, uh, be very generous in terms of uh, getting it out promptly. And Amazon, they get it out as well, quite uh, quite well as well. So Loot, Amazon, or your nearest bookshop. Uh, yeah. Great. Thank you, Trevor. And um, guys, next week, we're going to be talking about community the importance of community in learning and practice the way of Jesus, how we can't do this alone. So make sure you listen in for that. Trevor, I wonder if as we close, would you be able to just pray for us, pray for the people listening and everything we've discussed today? Would that be okay? Lord Jesus Christ, you are our shepherd uh, to, to guide us. You are our friend who walks beside us. You are our Lord who reigns over us. And today especially we thank you that you are our teacher from whom we can learn how to live lightly and freely. And so Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your living presence that fills this universe. Amen. That's all for this episode of the Follower Podcast. If you found it helpful or inspiring, please consider sharing it and leaving a review on your podcast platform to help us connect with more people around the world. If you would like to support the Ministry of Follower with a monthly contribution or one-off donation, you can visit www.wearefollower.com forward slash support. And to say thank you, we'll send you a free copy of Live the Story, an ebook that helps you learn to share your faith with others. Until next time, may you follow Jesus to the depths of his heart as he helps you share his love wherever you go. From the ground beneath your feet to the very end of the earth.